we think conflict resolution or solving this is going to be a series of weaponry that I'm mm -hmm. going to arm myself with and, and defeat the other person. Then it becomes, and you, and so I, and then you, and this one time in 2011 right. and 14, and it's like. Yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to put down their resistance. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, today we're starting a series on conflict. We're going to spend a lot of time on specific situations that people get into every day and give you tools on how to handle those. So let's get started. All right. Welcome back to Counselors Can Help. We're back with a, a friend of the show, uh, Liza <laughs> Telfer, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist in the state of Utah. I am uh, Merrill Fink, an associate clinical mental health counselor also in the state of Utah. We've done some shows together, and now we're back. Veterans now. To do the greatest series ever <laughs> um, on a podcast. I'm only half joking. Um, Feels like you need background music <laughs> for that. Yeah, some dun-dun-dun. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, so um, I guess what I liked about the shows we had done before, Liza and I had talked a little bit about that, is that um, I thought they were more, I guess engaging, entertaining, uh, fun to have two people talk, um, as opposed to just one. And so, um, what, what this is intended to be is a series on conflict. The idea is to really get into, um, situations that people get into all the time. Um, that can happen in numerous walks of life, work, home, family, on the road. I just got back from Disney world. Nice. Or a, or a place, a, a, a well-known uh, place. And I've seen kids chewed out in numerous languages. Right. I was going to say, <laughs> no, if we want to take a landscape of children bickering. Right. Oh, parents. my gosh. I mean, I've seen kids just get it in uh, all, all languages that I've never heard before. But I pretty much know what's going on. That has to have been a tongue-in-cheek <laughs> slogan when they said the happiest place on earth, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I'm there a lot. We're there, we're there a lot. We enjoy it. But, yeah, there's, it is a place where you can – it's not life-threatening stuff, but it's definitely somebody's had enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the child you is at their wit's end. The flooding. parents have had enough, the whatever, and then it's just a, a teardown for about one minute in public. Right. Um, and it, and it, it doesn't look good, you know, from the outside. Uh, so I, to me, that just got me interested. So I was there for a week and I've spent a lot of time just listening to other people's conversations, listening to sort of conflict and, and other tables mm -hmm. and things like this. So I guess I'm hearing it with new ears, um, as I come upon this stuff. And I just think it's prevalent in everyone's life and there's, uh, just how to handle this kind of problem that we never really talk about we just assume we're right they're wrong and mm -hmm. someday they'll figure it out if they only and knew how wrong <laughs> they were and the conflict would be over it would be over um so anyway that's sort of my idea is to get into this a series of shows we can't do this all in one show but the idea is to get into how can we explain this idea to folks who so I'm not a marriage and family therapist, but I feel like I deal in this realm a lot because people do come in individually to my sessions and guess what? The reason they're depressed or anxious 
generally, not always, but a lot of times has to do with conflict with another person. Sure. Or a series of people. Sure. Inter- interpersonal relationships. Yeah. And they just, sure. it's just they're at their wits end of sort of how to solve it or, or thinking they are the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, coming in and saying, I have anxiety. Well, why do you have anxiety? And you hear the story and it's, well, they're in the middle of a hard uh, relationship and things aren't going right. And so they're scared about how it's all going to go. And they, they say, well, they have anxiety. Well, yeah, but you also have this other giant. (laughs) Let's look at all the factors. Yeah. This other giant conflict that's going on. And Mm -hmm. you assume that that conflict's going to be there and, and there's no way to solve that. And that's, Maybe we should start there and try to figure out, can we do anything with that? Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you see any different in your, your world? Uh, I mean, it's the same idea, right? Same idea. Yeah, there's always, um, often counselors meet individually. But as a marriage and family therapist, I am always looking at how, how the person is affected by relationships that are not in the room yeah, and being able to manage conflict or even having an understanding of our own emotions and what we bring to the table of any conversation, any interaction can really even just having an understanding of that will help someone in conflict when they, then I, Oh, that makes sense instead of just trying to prove our point. I mean, I took it like in the the amusement park example, a family could see it as, well, the kids are going to act up or whatever. We have no way to control that. Or you can see it if you if you take some of these concepts to heart or think about them ahead of time. It could be like these are the problems we would likely experience in the park. What 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 do we want our response to be or how could right. we think about this ahead of time? Or what does the child really want? Why they're acting this mm-hmm. way? You know, that kind of thing. So. I think it does allow you to take a little bit of control about what could happen or might mm-hmm. happen and, and sort of be ready for it or just have a better way of, I guess, going about it so it doesn't happen in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be right. That's the goal, right? Yep. If we can somehow figure this out so that we can minimize the amount of this blow up in a public place, if we could figure that out and figure out a better way to get through that, that would be great. We yeah, spent a lot of money to get to Disney World, mm-hmm. right? That's what I was, I was thinking of all the factors that went into getting there, right? If you could figure out a plan beforehand of how we will react, which I would say is not the plan. It's to respond. There you go. Yeah. Then we're trying to figure out a way to, to do something because we want the experience to go well, mm-hmm. right? We've spent all this money, time, effort, get there, or it's... Christmas dinner or whatever, or some event going on and now there's conflict and there's, there can be a tendency to have the thing sort of blow up even more, right? Um, because of the situation. So, um, I guess, so the idea of this show is to get into very specific things like we just mentioned and, and give folks a tool just of things to figure out what to do or how to, how to take these things on. And so, um, but before we get into that, um, I wanted to talk about what this show is. We've done that a little bit. Um, these are also 
especially on the starting out, we're not talking about confrontation or conflict where we're worried about that, like there's going to be a physical altercation here. Right. We're talking low threat, parents, kids, uh, couples, let's call it bickering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no real threat of harm going on. Um, we're not, we're not working for the police. This is police might use sort of different tactics, but we're not, we're not talking about that. Um, yeah, and, I, and I actually wrote on the on the sheet here for my notes. I wrote Disney World problems on there. So mm-hmm. um, is that a similar to like a first world problem? <laughs> I don't know. Or what but is it, that? I would just say, like I said, it's it's everyone's upset. But if you step back and look at it, really, there's nothing dangerous there's not going a on. There's like a physical threat. Yeah, when well, nobody's getting divorced necessarily, it's just somehow this thing is has sort of gotten out of control somehow and. Someone's crying, someone's upset, someone's anger, angry over uh, a perceived slight mm-hmm. or unfairness. And now what should be fun has turned into this not fun mm-hmm. thing. Um, and so, and I think that that kind of idea can happen all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just don't, I guess, talk about it much, which is the idea for this series. So that's that's what we're, we're doing here. Um, they're simple things, things you can handle, and the idea is to put together a little bit of a recipe, I guess, for how folks can handle these types of situations. And we're not assuming, I wrote this note on there, that the we're not assuming that the other person knows anything about what we're talking about here. Um, would you say that's true? I mean, when, when you deal with people individually and they're talking about, hey, my family or my husband or somebody does this or that, you have to assume that those folks are never going to be in the office, right? If, if they're not coming in, if it's not a family situation, we got to figure out, okay, what can you do? Right. They're not a part of that. Right. Right. And that is a really critical buy-in for clients that, um, when they come into therapy, that we have an understanding that even just changing our own behavior or our own attitude, if, if it is bothering us the most, we have the power to change what we bring into that. And that can actually change the relationship, change the outcome without the other person even being in the room. Yeah. They can certainly take part in the change, but they don't have to be in on the, how this is all going to get put together necessarily. I mean, there's things you can do as an individual to affect the system. I guess, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're, we're initially coming at it from that direction here, assuming we're not, we don't have a family in the room, but we certainly could get to that down the line. Um, what I put a, also I want to discuss is what this is not, right? Um, abuse is a big word that, correct me if I'm wrong, when you're doing couples therapy, that's, a, that's sort of a watch out for that, right? Because if, right. if you see that, what's your general reaction as a marriage and family therapist? The, the stated goal, I guess, or stated plan is generally to do what? Um, generally to get who I would consider to be the one in danger separated right. from... Yeah, if I if if there is a report of abuse and it's not to make the person who is abusive say that they are evil, dark and will never return to normal normalcy, but that is definitely not something I don't work in a domestic violence. Yeah. 
focused practice. So you would want to not continue saying, well, we can make this. We can, we can soothe the conflicts between if you know there's physical abuse right. happening or if their conflicts tend to go to a physical state. That's a different type of therapy where we go for safety first. Yeah, so the, the concepts we're talking about here won't necessarily apply there because there's work that needs to be done first, right. right? Before we can then get to this stage where we're asking people to be vulnerable and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, work together in an abuse situation that's really not happening. So uh, we're, we'd have to address that first. So what we're dealing with this show uh, maybe down the line, possibly, but right now we're assuming that abuse, systematic abuse is not happening. It is not in the, part in the conversation. what they're bringing in. Yeah, right. correct. Um, another thing I wrote or, or wanted to talk about is what this show is not is a series of silver bullets. And I'm, I'm sure I'm just as guilty of this as anyone. Someone does something or says something your initial reaction is to sort of lash out and defeat <laughs> the other person, right? Right. I'm going to make them lose or make them pay for that poor reaction. And we think conflict resolution or solving this is going to be a series of weaponry that I'm mm -hmm. going to arm myself with <laughs> and, and defeat the other person. Mm -hmm. I think you probably have to be, have lived through the eighties to understand the Rambo reference of the ammo belt. Oh, I okay. always describe that to couples of the bullets across right. the chest. <laughs> and as the conflict starts, when you feel yourself putting on your armor, right. that's a really good sign to pause and that we, <laughs> we're going to change direction here because then it becomes and you and so I and then you and this one time in 2011 right. and 14 and it's like... Yeah, but I'm going to, I'm going to put down their resistance or mm -hmm. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And so there may be a time for that occasionally. I mean, I, I would never say never, but that's sometimes something like that may be appropriate, but I think people would believe a show on conflict would be all about, we're going to arm them with their Rambo belt. Of, like, <laughs> well, well, when they do I'm this, I'm going to give you better ideas. <laughs> I think people are pretty good at fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's like knowing what to do. Yeah. They want a better way of conflict. fighting. And, and our answer to that is to say no. And trying to find a better way to fight is not mm -hmm. the answer out of this. No. Right. There's a, there's a better way that, that hopefully we will clearly define going forward. But I uh, just want to let folks know that, that even just that mindset, I think puts you in a sort of a bad state of mind that you're just going to, you'll be in that react versus respond right. mindset, right? Of, right. Well, oh, well that is unacceptable. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that down or I'm going to make sure that child or whatever doesn't say that again. And I'm going to do that right now in a, in a somewhat vicious fashion. And I think it, it tends to lend to a state of mind that maybe doesn't ever solve the problem. Right. Or maybe gets the problem fixed for the moment, but really you've not fixed the problem down no. the line. It's going to happen again. So Long story short there is we're trying to let folks know that this isn't a series of, of that. We're trying to do something more proactive and hopefully more effective. Um, nobody in the situation is being diagnosed in these stories or ideas we'll have going forward because really these are problems that everyone faces. We're not assuming that someone has this or that diagnosis. I, 
I kind of get that sometimes in my uh, sessions I have with individuals. They'll they'll describe their spouse, and I'll they'll think, hmm, sounds like you know this or that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I've never met the person, so it's really not fair for me to to put a label on them. But in the end, these practices work for everyone, right? I mean, it doesn't. It's not assuming that someone is acting in a way because they have some sort of diagnosis or they're some sort of weird person who needs solving. This discussion is meant to be universal, mm-hmm. I guess, right? And we're, we're making no claims that someone in this conversation is acting any way other than how typically people react. Mm-hmm. We're not saying there's anything wrong with you that you're yelling at your kids at Disney World. You don't have some sort of diagnosis. You're probably just a parent who's... Paid a lot to have fun. (laughs) And you're tired. (laughs) You've just had enough. Yeah. And you've you've reached your limit. But in the end, hopefully you'll see that that's not what you'd want to be doing. So enough of uh, the provisos about what this show is or could be. Uh, I want to get into some theories that we'll talk about that hopefully we can then build on as we go down the line to say, okay, what is this built on here? Um, and, I, and I see the first one on the list here is the sound relationship house, which, I, which is a Gottman idea, right? right. Can, you, can you describe the theory behind what that's trying to well, when Make you happen. use the word like theory, I feel like <laughs> I need to have the assumptions and everything all lined out in front of me. But essentially, I I really just like the visual of it. The Sound Relationship House is a concept from John and Julie Gottman. And you can look it up on the Gottman Institute. I don't know if we want to put that on the podcast notes or something. But okay. you can you can look it up to understand the tenets of the theory. But essentially, think of building a house. And so you are taught within that theory to the basic bottom line is love and admiration, which sounds so basic, right, for a loving companionship. And the idea is that if you build on these levels, that your relationship will be sound, that you are creating the levels of a sound relationship house, like the literal meeting. And the walls are commitment and trust. But one of the floors is how do we resolve conflict? And what the most interesting piece that I would pull out for this discussion is from for me, the takeaway with the sound relationship house is that you are not going to get to a place where um, all the cliches of we are on the same page. I mean, people can be on the same page or not. But can we have differing opinions about something and understand each other without necessarily having to agree? And I think that is one of the coolest pieces of the Sound Relationship House is can I understand how Meryl feels about something and even be able to restate it to him in, without having to convince him that my way is the best way for that to be and be okay with it. And it, it just tends to give space to, um, in conflict particularly, you're actually taught in the sound relationship house of how to manage a conflict. And we talk about what is the actual core need? What are you really after when you're having this battle with your child? Yeah. And what is the core need and what is, and then it comes out almost like a planet. It looks like a planet in the, 
when you look at like the paperwork of Sound Relationship House, there's this core need and then the flexible areas. And that's just one piece of the Sound Relationship House, but it's how they would manage conflict. So the, the love, the basement, if you will, and the two walls of, you said trust and what was the? Commitment. Trust and commitment, okay. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna resolve conflict and perhaps come at it in a new, a new way other than mm-hmm. just I'm right, they're wrong. I'm right, know. they're wrong, which doesn't work <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and that's just, and that, I mean, there's so many pieces. I, I was just giving you a conflict sure. level of that house. There's, you know. Yes. Uh, love maps and mutual, I think it's called positive regard is the floor. But there's many things that yeah. build up to being able to resolve conflict. Okay. Yeah. So the idea of that theory is if you build the, the relationship in a sound way and emphasize sort of the main things, you can then work on other problems and handle conflict and it, it won't last long or be nearly as explosive most likely is the idea. The, that's the idea. Yeah. yeah. And that's something you would practice over yeah. time. It's not something that you're just going to leave the room and go, okay, I, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> but if you can give people a space to practice it in a calm environment like you would in therapy, right. it does tend to lean towards um, the credibility of it and sure. to be able to say, oh yeah, that actually works. Yeah. Who knew? And that's, I didn't know when I was going to bring up this point, but this is a major point of this show is called Counselors Can Help. These kinds of things do on some level require you to get that third party in the room to, to have you practice and, and show what this looks like. We can go through scenarios on a show and people can listen to them, but it's really hard to and sometimes match that specifically with their lives because their details are a little bit different. This person is harder than that example. Whatever it is, this is what the counselor is there to do is, is explain these concepts but also get you to practice them in the right. room, right? Or at least do a little bit of practice even if nobody else is in the room to sort of figure out, well, how would that go? What would that sound like? Right, and, and more often than not, I will have a couple, um, I will just say, tell me something that you guys recently argued about and I will let them go and try it their way. And usually within a few minutes, you'll get some emotional flooding about the topic Mm -hmm. and then we can back it off and say, you know, and, and try to back it out to a sound relationship house type example. And it is amazing how just trying it a different way can, we can talk about the exact same thing very differently. Yeah. The idea of talking about these theories now is because I think we'll be revisiting them Mm-hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. down, yeah, down the road. Yeah, we're just getting a taste of each of yeah, them. Yeah, want people to understand, I guess, where we're coming from here. Um, the next one's, the next one, I I don't know that I would say I, I invented, but I definitely uh, came to me, and I, this concept has been used, I think, many times with parents and, and raising kids, and I call it the two planes idea. And the one is, the first plane is, uh, it works better visually, but I draw on the board like just a, a rectangle, and I write task in the middle of that. Task can be anything of like, um, you know, where are we going to your parents' house or my parents' house for Thanksgiving? Or you're trying to get through some whatever conversation, conversation. or task, whatever. And that may not go so well. Whatever I that. can't imagine. <laughs> what, you had to bring in the in-laws right now? Whatever the thing is, it's not going so well. 
And one of the, and this, this really came to me because a client was in my office and talking about how her and her, her husband had this fight over an issue that on the surface of it, you would think, well, that's really no big deal. You know, why, why did they get into such a huge fight over this thing? And what happens is in the middle of discussing that task, she basically left what I call the second plane. Now she's, she's left that, that, that rectangle that has tasked there. Mm -hmm. She's over on another one. That's sort of beside that. This is her own like emotion land Mm -hmm. place, whatever. She's now on a different level with her husband who is still on the task, by the way, still trying to solve the thing that they're there to discuss or whatever. She's left that. Scared. She's putting on some armor. She's grabbing her belt. In her case, no. In her case, she was afraid of where it was going, that the mm. fact they were fighting. Now she's getting very scared. She's um, not talking. He can't see why she's getting emotional upset about this simple thing. It's just, you know, it's black and white. We're going to do it this way. And he then sees her starting to cry. Now he really doesn't understand why she's getting so upset about this thing. And he's still trying to solve the task Mm -hmm. of what we're working on. And in some ways is afraid to even acknowledge that she's got this emotional because now he's feeling like he's failed. He's said something wrong. He doesn't know what to do. And the thing has just gotten out of control. So to me, the two planes idea was there's this task plane and then there's somebody left that task and they're, they're, they're off in another sort of dimension, if you will, of emotion. Mm-hmm. They've left the task. They don't care about the task mm-hmm. anymore. Um, they'd like to get back to it, and they may, in fact, get back to it. But right now, they can't. Mm-hmm. They won't. And these were when really bad fights, I think, occur. is because one person is still on the task, one person has left the task, mm-hmm. is very much in an emotional state of mind, and they're not really even talking about the same thing anymore. Um, and so um, I came up with this two planes idea and draw it out on the board to show. And then you can sort of walk through ideas with the couple or with the person and say, these are these situations when you, when you are in different planes, mm-hmm. what can you do? What are your options? When you're the person who is emotional, what do you need? In that moment, in that client who has said, I'm crying, my husband is not helping me. He's sort of pulling back instead of coming towards me and helping me. Being able to discuss ahead of time, when you are that way, what do you need? I mean, there are, you can kind of predict these fights. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You can predict because all you have to do is essentially draw a figure eight on the board for them and say, so he, and then you. And I'm moving. It's hard to tell when we're on a podcast. <laughs> right. You can't see my hands moving. We're, but basically, f- the top of one piece of the figure eight is something happens. And so you, and when you, he then, mm-hmm. and so then, when he, so you, and you can, and it doesn't matter what subject I drop in there, whether it's Thanksgiving or paying a bill or picking up a child or the way a child was disciplined, when something happens, we have a very natural EFT um, therapy would call it dance. You have a very Mm -hmm. natural dance. 
and what comes natural is um, fine. It, it's just being able to identify it. It's, it's not great. It's obviously not working. You end up fighting, right. right? Or one of you withdraws and one of you then comes after the person that's withdrawn and is um, essentially tapping them on the shoulder saying, get back here, yes. come solve this with me. And then the withdrawer is feeling nagged and only what pulls away more correct yeah and then when they pull away more that makes the person who's trying to get their attention or fix it or solve it ignored and super frustrated or all whatever emotions go along with that so then they do what they may pursue more or they may mm -hmm. pull back yeah and now you have two people right <laughs> that are pulling back and ignoring right. each other and so Really, Meryl, it ends up to be the flexibility of your relationship. Can you actually identify your pattern? Because when you identify it, then you can go, oh, I totally do that. Oh, he totally does that. And instead of being mad at each other, like, what do I need in that moment mm -hmm. when I feel the pullback? Instead of going for the jugular. Right. What would it look like to pause it, to slow it down and go, I can feel myself pulling away. Yeah. <laughs> can we, and even just being able to identify kind of how we fight, yeah. which sounds funny, but even being able to just identify how that goes down for us can be just really illuminating. Yeah. The patterns of how people fight plus... Uh, for me, this idea of the two planes was that we have to acknowledge that one person is, we're not even doing the same thing anymore. That one person right. is emotionally left the building, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we got to stop with whatever we're doing and we have to address the fact that this person has left. Mm -hmm. And there, there could be a number of ways to handle that. But you have to sort of acknowledge that, okay, this person is sort of flooded or emotional or what have you. Um, someone reacts, like I said, in a social setting and they're mad and they appear mad. What's, what's a parent's usually instinctive reaction to a child that's mad is to tell them, you should not be mad. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> what to do <laughs> with their madness. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Stop doing that. You know, uh, what have you? It's just to sort of crush the thing, um, which is, I guess maybe we would agree that's not always the best move, right? No. It can be. Sometimes maybe it's needed uh, for the moment, but... I think in general, it's not the best move. And, and where we're trying to get to what this theory is about saying is recognize your or the other person's emotions that have gone off the rails that are really can handle this situation mm -hmm. currently. We got to have a plan for that. Mm -hmm. And if we have a plan for that, now we can sort of predict how this is going to go in the future, whatever it is. Sure. Um, so, but the, the, only, the only way to do all that is you have to learn to recognize in the moment that person is not with me right now. We are now. not on the same plane. <laughs> yeah. And that's like a hard that. thing to recognize. Mm -hmm. um, and just accept it for what it is, that that is where we are right now, mm -hmm. as opposed to lashing out and saying, you shouldn't be that. Mm -hmm. I, I heard a couple times on a, a table behind me at the, at the amusement park, calm down. You know, which always <laughs> makes people calm down. Right. Uh, this person used it like at least half a dozen times within about a 20 second period. Like, well, OK, uh, <laughs> I don't it's think that's working either. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So it's just the theory is the idea of recognizing that people are in different emotional states and, and 
we can do something with that. There's a plan that mm -hmm. we can we can do something about that. Okay, um, I'm looking at our, our time here, and I think we're going to have to. Um, I want to get to something before we close down this first show here, and uh, we'll spend some other time on some other theories here. But I want to get to. I guess giving folks an idea of where to start, um, how to handle this kind of conflict. And, and I think it starts with some, some semblance of recognize or pointing out when things are going well. Right. In, in whatever that. relationship. And, and I'll, an example could be this. Um, hey, I saw that you got mad yesterday morning. Um, and it didn't seem like you let that bother you. You were able to sort of stay on the task or you didn't lash out at your mother or whatever. And we really appreciate that. I know you were upset about this thing that happened at school or whatever, but you, you were able to, um, we were able to work through it a little bit, uh, somehow, whatever it was, we really appreciate you putting in the effort of, of, of not sort of lashing out at everyone, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm some example that you saw that you witnessed and then you went, you know, I appreciate your effort of trying to work with me here. Catching the positive. Wow. That is so beneficial when you can, especially in a child. Well, actually no, in any relationship, yeah. whether it's a spouse or a coworker or a child, if you can catch the positive, it automatically sends the signal to the other person's brain. I can get it right. I can get it right for that person. I, I, instead of it being like the criticism comes first of you never do it, blah, blah, blah. Or you always freak out, blah, blah, blah. And we bring in those absolutes. Mm -hmm. If you can point out the positive that you saw, you are way, way more um, likely to have that repeated yeah. and if you're constantly trying to point out yeah. what they're doing wrong. So this gets to the idea of we're trying not to suit, you know, put a suit of armor on people and give them weapons to fight with. We're trying to, to help you see, okay, what is that I want? What, what is it that I want exactly right. of, of my life, of this relationship, whatever? How do I identify that and then point that out when that's going well? That that's a great place to start with resolving conflict in my mind, because one, you're, you're demonstrating what you want, but in the other, you've been fighting about stuff for potentially years. You think you're going to solve that with a new argument? <laughs> <laughs> no. And that is, that is also part of sound relationship houses. Every relationship aside from maybe a parent child because they will likely grow out of mm -hmm. that, but in particularly a spouse conflict, you will and need to accept that there are things that will be perpetual things, issues. Might be the in-laws, it might be the finances that just hold a particular piece of ah for you <laughs> or for your partner or for your relationship. And so learning to do those is a special piece of conflict resolution before just the the um, other things the daily little conflicts having an understanding of self and being curious enough about yourself to go huh that doesn't seem to work what we'd keep doing 
that curiosity piece of just, huh, I bet we could do that differently. Yeah. It's huge. Something I just, I just learned or heard about recently, which I really am sort of drawn to is, especially with kids, is to be able to explain to them how they impacted other people. So an example would be child come home from school, they get right to doing their chores or whatever it was, and things seem to go pretty well. Um, you can explain to them by saying, hey, great job doing that. And oh, by the way, here's how this impacted everyone today. One, we didn't get into a fight about this or that or the other. And then mm. typically that makes me angry. And then I yell at, you know, the next person that walks in the door and, you know, whatever, kind of walking through the negative spiral that could have happened. Mm. Maybe spend a little time on that, but more so just do you see how much positive impact you, the child, have in this house by just helping us out here, doing this one little thing or whatever it was that 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 magnified not just in your world, but that impacted my world, it impacted, you know, your other, you know, everybody in the house. Everyone's world. Interesting. You, your I your like that. behavior has impacted a lot of people. You're just raising their awareness to that idea that, hey, it's not just about me, it's about other people and and can I can I act in a way that does impact other people positively? Mm -hmm. I think that has to be grown in kids. I like that a lot because inadvertently we do the opposite when we continue to argue with them. They are aware of their impact right. that when, oh, I can get my dad so mad. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> right. And we get into it and I, he gets so fired up. You are well aware of your impact, right? Right. So you don't always see your impact. Yeah. in the positive. Yeah. So I really like that. Yeah. So uh, we're about out of time for the show here. So I guess my my challenge, I guess, to you and I, everyone listening, would be to say, can you find that thing in your life or that person to, to point out the positive impact that mm. they just had um, and point that out? It could be just the most simple thing and you may have to hunt a little bit, but... Um, I think especially for kids, this is massively impactful because when I've done this in session and, and talked to teenagers essentially about this idea, I kind of get a, a pretty stunned reaction at times of they like, wow, they didn't really realize how intricate it all is mm -hmm. or the people they've impacted by just doing a simple thing for You've someone. you asked the parents that in session? No, just with the, just oh, with with the teenager, the just, just mm -hmm. saying, hey, what what do you think you impact when you go home and you do this or that, you know, for your parents, they've asked you to do this thing and you do it. What do you think you've done? In their mind, they're like, well, I had to do the thing and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> I wanted to be with my friends and I couldn't and whatever. And like, well, okay, you've, let's think of all the things you probably did that you didn't realize you just did. Huge. And it's kind of eye opening, I think for teenagers, especially, mm -hmm. I mean, as kids get really young, I mean, they, they probably don't quite have that ability, but I, th I think kids can go pretty young into this and, and mm -hmm. see that they're impacting or helping the family in a, in a way that they never re realized before. Mm -hmm. uh, so love that. I think as a, as a way going forward, I'm going to, I'm certainly going to try to do that. I was trying to do that at Disney world. Um, I was trying to figure out how, how I could do this. And, and one reason why I think people don't honestly it's because it seems a little scary. I'm going to now bring up a behavior thing or an idea thing, and I'm afraid it's going to start into a fight, or I don't want to think about this. I just want to be at Disney World. I don't want to have to deal with 
conflict, whatever. And so I think there can be a, a tendency to want to not go there. But it's so worth it, mm -hmm. right? And it's just such a much better conversation. It's just a much better, instead of why did you and all this kind of stuff, you're like explaining how, how impactful you were and in such a great way. I just think it's a way better conversation to engage this mm -hmm. idea with people. It's the... I'm it's 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 much less the Rambo idea as it is. Hey, let's let's try to um, just educate each other on how we can help each other mm -hmm. or impact each other. And I think that's a great place to start. If you know nothing else about where to start with that person you're having conflict with, there's probably a couple of those moments that you could highlight mm -hmm. to help like them that. understand as a as a starting point. So anything you would add on that idea? No, I, I like the ending on the impact can be for positive or negative yeah. and we don't, I think they're quite aware of the negative impact. <laughs> you will watch it yeah. in families and I don't know that I, that's just giving me an idea right now. Okay. So All right. I think, yeah, we can bring that up next time. That's awesome. Well, so going forward, the, the challenge is to try to find that in, in our lives and, um, anybody who's listening to, to look for that opportunity to show that positive impact and, and, and let somebody know you appreciate their effort uh, on what they did uh, for that. And um, just see what happens. See the, see the reaction. I bet you, I bet you you'll be glad you did. Mm -hmm. you, you brought that up. Um, everybody wants to hear good things about themselves. So why not introduce that in someone's life? So uh, we'll pick up on that. Uh, as you can see, this series or this idea of conflict, we can go a lot of places mm -hmm. here. Endless uh, material. Yeah, we have a lot of material, but I don't want it to get super uh, theoretical, and uh, so we'll get down to specific details, but I definitely wanted this first show or two to kind of get to some theory or some kind of idea as to what we're what we're basing all this on, I guess, as to, to how we're going to do that. So starting out positive is a good, good way to, to do that. So uh, we'll pick up where we left off next time on Counselors Can Help. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.